Sup, you beautiful bastard. Hope you've had a fantastic Thursday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. And actually, the first thing we're gonna talk about today is just very amusing to me. Earlier this week, while I was having, I guess, one of those crises of self once again, I mentioned that I feel like a bringer of sadness. And in addition to many of you pushing back against that, saying, no, I, I need this. This is, the, this is the one way that I can take in the news without it just kind of collapsing on top of me. There were also a lot of you requesting that I make it into merch, which initially sounded ridiculous to me until someone mentioned that it sounds like a band name. And this morning, my lead designer, Brian, surprised me with this. And so for the next seven days, if you want to snag yourself a limited edition bringer of sadness world tour shirt, they're oh so comfy, or a premium hoodie, or it's super hot, so you need a tank. You can snag it, of course, it's first come, first served at shopdefranco.com. A bunch of y'all willed this into reality, so snag one while you can. But actually, the first thing I wanna talk about today, let's let's start off today light. Let's start today off by talking about a little story involving Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian and corporate espionage accusations. So if you don't know, and it would actually be odd if you did, uh, the company behind Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian West makeup lines is Seed Beauty. And they are taking legal action to protect their trade secrets now that both stars have massive deals with Cody Inc. And Cody Inc, if you don't know, is this beauty conglomerate that owns brands like CoverGirl, Sally Hansen, Rimmel, and others. And Cody Inc have recently made headlines for striking these just massive multi-million dollar deals with the sisters, moves that a number of people see as an effort for the company to refresh their image and attract a younger audience. For some time now, it looks like they've been struggling to keep up with their competitors in the industry, so it seems like this new strategy is to link up with more social media driven brands like Kim and Kylie. Earlier this year, Cody Inc. bought 51% of Kylie Cosmetics for $600 million. And just this week, news broke that Kim sold 20% of KKW Beauty to the company for $200 million. But these deals were actually pretty concerning for Seed Beauty, which partnered with Kylie since her line started back in 2016, doing things like taking care of logistics, manufacturing, development, storage, distribution. When you say it like that, it sounds like they literally did everything. Seed also taking on the same responsibilities for KKW Beauty when Kim launched a line back in 2017. But now, now, Seed Beauty is worried that Cody has and will continue to get access to secrets that make Seed a strong force in the beauty industry. Which is why on June 30th, Seed Beauty filed a civil lawsuit against Cody and King Kylie, which is the LLC behind Kylie Cosmetics, to prevent the misappropriation of trade secrets. The lawsuit saying that because of Cody's inability to, quote, successfully compete in the new digital cosmetics world through its own innovation, the company has engaged in a plan to steal the secret sauce behind Seed through its deals with the sisters. The suit claiming Cody made a $600 million investment in King Kylie, but it really was a subterfuge to learn Seed's confidential business methodology with a suit also alleging that Kylie Cosmetics knowingly shared Seed Beauty's confidential intellectual property and Cody knowingly accepted that information. Now, notably, the complaint is highly redacted, so it doesn't actually specify the secrets that Seed wants to keep private, but it could include things like information about product formulations, information about the business's core operations, and the structure of its partnerships, according to Forbes. Seed also said that it asked Kylie Cosmetics and Cody to not share or use their trade secrets several times, but both refused to assure them that they wouldn't. So now, Seed Beauty is asking the court to permanently bar Kylie Cosmetics from closing its trade secrets. Also asking the court to force Cody to promise not to use information that it already allegedly acquired. And it also wants Cody to be prevented from developing any color cosmetics with Kylie Cosmetics for a period of time that was redacted in the suit. Right, and it's not just Kylie. Seed filed a similar suit against KKW Beauty in anticipation of their deal with Cody. Notably, we've also seen KKW Beauty then filing an opposition to that lawsuit, claiming that Seed's legal action was an attempt to stifle the success of the Kardashian-Jenner family. Also arguing they did not share any trade secrets with Cody and requested that the court compel arbitration, saying the purported harm to Seed is entirely speculative, unfounded, and already complete, and adding, by contrast, KKW stands to suffer comparatively more significant harm. But ultimately, the court granted the temporary order, barring KKW Beauty from sharing information until August 21st. But still, that court order didn't stop Kim and Cody from striking a deal, which was formally announced on June 29th. Now, I will say, uh, personally, when I look at this story, I, I end up wondering, what could these trade secrets really be? Right, to a certain degree, I'm probably being ignorant here, but it, it feels very much like you took 
some of the most famous people in the world. You have a website, which I imagine might be a Shopify experience, and then you send out products, all while, whenever possible, going directly to the consumer so it's not complicated. But also, looking around, seeing what people are saying, it appears that Seed is well known for their speed and efficiency thanks to what they call a unique business model. The company's also known for their own massively successful line, ColourPop Cosmetics, as well as actually someone that we talked about this week, their partnership with YouTuber Tati Westbrook for her new cosmetics line. But yeah, ultimately that's where we are. Uh, neither Cody or Kylie Cosmetics have yet formally responded to the lawsuit or issued a public comment. And so for now, we kind of just have to wait and see what happens because the first court hearing is not scheduled until October. And then let's talk about a pretty damn massive update to the Jeffrey Epstein case, which is today's arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, given the nature of this story, this whole video, unfortunately, will likely be suppressed, but it is incredibly important for us to talk about. Right, and so in case you need a surface level refresher here, Epstein was an incredibly wealthy financier who was part of many well-connected and powerful social circles. And last year, he was charged for allegedly sex trafficking minors in New York and Florida. Now, before that, back in 2008, he had actually been convicted in Florida for procuring a minor for prostitution. He's also had a long history of this alleged behavior, with many women saying that he groomed them when they were as young as 14 years old. Now, he was facing charges last year, but in August, he was found dead in his jail cell with authorities declaring it a suicide. Though, his lawyers, along with many, many people, questioned that, with many believing that he may have been killed given how many powerful people he was connected to that he might also implicate. But all of that brings us to Maxwell, who is a British socialite and Epstein's friend and girlfriend for some time. She has also long been accused of aiding Epstein and sex trafficking minors, though she has consistently denied this. But also, of note, after Epstein was charged back in 2019, she pretty much went MIA. You know, you had all these reports speculating her whereabouts, but that there was nothing super concrete until this morning. Because that is when we learned that the FBI had actually arrested her in New Hampshire. You know, this is a massive deal because it feels like it's a long time coming. The accusations against her are substantial. With the indictment against her, which was just unsealed today, claiming Maxwell assisted, facilitated, and contributed to Jeffrey Epstein's abuse of minor girls by, among other things, helping Epstein to recruit, groom, and ultimately abuse victims known to Maxwell and Epstein to be under the age of 18. The victims were as young as 14 years old when they were groomed and abused by Maxwell Maxwell and Epstein, both of whom knew that certain victims were in fact under the age of 18. With that continuing, moreover, in an effort to conceal her crimes, Maxwell repeatedly lied when questioned about her conduct, including in relation to some of the minor victims described herein when providing testimony under oath in 2016. And today, during a press conference, you had acting U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss further adding, Maxwell lied because the truth, as alleged, was almost unspeakable. Maxwell enticed minor girls, got them to trust her, then delivered them into the trap that she and Epstein had set for them. And the details as to how she allegedly procured these girls for Epstein, that they're incredibly upsetting. And in some cases, they also allege that she, to some degree, participated in the sexual abuse, with the indictment claiming that Maxwell would attempt to befriend these minor victims, ask them about their lives, and then she and Epstein would spend time with them by going to the movies or shopping with them. And some of these outings would involve both Maxwell and Epstein with the girls. In other situations, the girls were one-on-one -on -one with them. And then, having developed a rapport with a victim, Maxwell would try to normalize sexual abuse for a minor victim by, among other things, discussing sexual topics under dressing in front of the victim, being present when a minor victim was undressed, and or being present for sex acts involving the minor victim and Epstein. And the indictment alleges that Maxwell's presence during these interactions helped put the victims at ease because an adult woman was present. And then providing examples like Maxwell massaging Epstein in front of victims or even encouraging the victims to massage Epstein themselves. Many of those massages involved a minor being nude or partially nude and then led to Epstein sexually abusing them. With the indictment claiming that this happened at Epstein's residences in New York, Palm Beach, New Mexico, and London. So now Maxwell has been charged with six counts 
counts include enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, two conspiracy charges related to both of those, and two perjury charges. With the indictment claiming that these crimes were committed between 1994 and 1997, but some reports also indicate that Maxwell partook in this alleged scheme for much longer. And as of recording this video, she is expected to appear in front of a federal court at some point today. And so now this is a situation that we have our eyes on and we have to wait to see what happens next year. And I mean that both in, in what information comes out, do we see other players that have been mentioned in this scandal doing anything? You know, for example, we saw acting U.S. Attorney Strauss saying this. We would welcome Prince Andrew coming in to talk with us. We would like to have the benefit of his statement. Meanwhile, you have CNN breaking news saying, Prince Andrew's legal team declines to comment on the arrest of Jeffrey Epstein confidant, Ghislaine Maxwell, noting the prince faces allegations stemming from his relationship with Epstein. You can also tell as far as the public is concerned, there is not a lot of trust in the system. And he noting that there needs to be multiple cameras on Maxwell at all times in case she just randomly pops up dead. And also now with Maxwell arrested, do other people end up getting implicated? It's gonna be a very interesting one to watch in general, but also, uh, you know, it continues the bigger conversation of the women here, the, the victims in this situation. Will they finally get some sense of justice? And then let's talk about jobs in America. And in part, we're talking about this because it is Thursday, a day that has just been very bad for the past several months. It's the day that we get new unemployment numbers, but also because it is now July, that means the Bureau of Labor Statistics otherwise known as the BLS, released updated unemployment numbers for the month of June. But those numbers actually show that the United States gained 4.8 million jobs back in June with the unemployment rate falling to 11.1% from 13.3% back in May. So with this, we saw Trump touting these numbers during a press conference this morning. I'd like to just announce the spectacular news for American workers and American families and for our country as a whole, there's not been anything like this, a record setting. Today's announcement proves that our economy is roaring back. It's coming back extremely strong. This is not just luck, what's happening. This is a lot of talent. All of this incredible news is the result of historic actions my administration has taken working with our partners in Congress to rescue the U.S. economy from a horrible event that was formed took place in China and came here and they could have stopped it. They could have stopped it. Okay, so there is a lot going on there. But for the sake of this story and keeping the focus on unemployment, I wanna first talk about Trump's claim that the jobs gains that we are seeing are record setting. Right, that is something he said over and over again during the press briefing. But you also had a lot of people noting that the only reason that we're seeing record-breaking jobs gains is because we've been seeing record-breaking job losses. And that also includes people in Trump's administration like Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, who at the same press conference acknowledged that the unemployment is still extremely high by historical standards. Right, I mean, through this pandemic, we've seen unemployment rates similar to that of the Great Depression. And even now, unemployment is still the highest it's been since World War II. Right? There are still over 17 million Americans unemployed, according to the BLS report. And while it, of course, is true that we gained 4.8 million jobs back last month, we have also seen more than a million people filing for unemployment every single week in June, including this last week where we saw 1.4 million new claims. And when you, in fact, dig deeper into the BLS data, there are a number of factors that still show that Americans are really hurting right now. For example, while the number of people temporarily laid off decreased by 4.8 million, the number of permanent job losses actually increased last month, rising by over half a million to 2.9 million total. And as the New York Times explains, that suggests that even as many laid off workers are finding work again following shutdown era furloughs, others are losing their positions altogether. And so this idea that we're adding new jobs to the economy was also something we saw a lot of people talking about on Twitter, saying that we aren't exactly adding or creating new jobs. Some people just went back to the jobs they previously had before the shutdowns. We also saw a lot of people comparing the unemployment rates of black people and other people of color to that of white people. And likely we saw people doing this because we saw Trump saying during the press conference, African American workers really happily for me made historic gains. 
with 404,000 jobs added last month alone, and that's a record. Likewise, Hispanic employment is up by 1.5 million jobs, a record by a lot. But when you actually look at the BLS data, minority unemployment has consistently remained higher than white unemployment, especially for black people. In fact, according to Reuters, the gap in US black and white unemployment rates is the widest that it's been in five years, with that report explaining. Jobless rates for both groups fell in June, but the rate for whites came down at a much faster rate. The white unemployment rate fell 2.3 percentage points to 10.1% from 12.4%, while the rate for blacks dropped 1.4 points to 15.4%, from 16.8%. And while unemployment fell for both groups in general, unemployment rates specifically among black men over 20 actually rose from May to June, growing from 15.5% to 16.3%. And while the discrepancy between black and white unemployment was the most significant, looking at the numbers, white unemployment is still quite a bit lower than Hispanic unemployment, which was 14.5% last month, as well as Asian unemployment, which was 13.8%. And as Gary Burtless, a labor economist at the Brookings Institution explained, disproportionately, the layoffs have been in lower wage occupations in lower wage positions. This has disproportionately affected African-Americans and Hispanics. Right, but also a thing I wanna hit on, the, the data from the BLS is only part of the picture. And that's because as the government has said, it is impossible for them to 100% accurately measure all of the job losses that we're seeing because this is so unprecedented. Right, this for a number of reasons, but even when you try to make comparisons, it's not like any other downturn we've ever seen because it happened so fast. Right, usually for a recession, a depression, it happens over a long, period of time, but we're seeing just wild numbers because of what happened. Right, and even regarding the numbers, the BLS has said that they also believe that the official unemployment rate is actually 12.1%, which is a whole percentage point higher. And this is because of a problem with their data collection methods, but it's also not the only problem with this data. Arguably, the biggest issues, especially given Trump using this data to claim how good the economy is doing, is that the data in this report was taken the week ending June 12th. Right, and what we've seen since then is a number of states shutting down businesses once again in response to the massive spike that we've been seeing in coronavirus cases. Right, just last week, Florida and Texas have closed bars. California has stopped indoor restaurant dining and closed movie theaters and bars in most major cities. And Arizona has shut down water parks and gyms. And remember, these are just some of the closures. In addition to some states renewing their restrictions, there are numerous other states that have postponed their planned reopenings. And according to the Washington Post, some workers are now getting laid off for the second time with millions of workers being sent home amid the spikes. Right, I mean, just today we saw the US reporting a new record of 50,000 coronavirus cases on a single day. Right, which means according to public data, new cases have risen a whopping 50% in the last month. And so with those numbers rising, states with huge economies like Texas and California reimposing restrictions, many economists are worried that we're going to see more layoffs. And at the same time, with states like New York delaying their reopenings, there are also now concerns about the people who are originally set to go back to work in the next phases. Right, so not only will the economy be hurt by people being laid off, it'll also be hurt by the fact that there is a whole wave of people who are supposed to go back to work and now can't. Right, and that was something that was put really well by Betsy Stevenson, who was a member of Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, who said, the virus drives the economics. And adding that if cases continue to rise as expected, we're not going to have people going back to work. In fact, we're going to see more people staying home. Right, and I think that's an important thing to remember because I think there are a number of people out there that think that it's a choice between the economy or health. The situation and the numbers we're seeing is also the reason that I will always be incredibly annoying about just asking people if you are gonna go out, please wear a mask. It's not a political issue, you're not being oppressed. It's the thing that allows us to get closer to true freedom faster than the alternative. But ultimately, we're gonna have to keep our eyes on this situation because once again, it doesn't show us what we're actually experiencing right now. Meanwhile, it is also important to note with more people expected to lose jobs as states reimpose restrictions, the additional $600 a week in unemployment benefits that was passed during the CARES Act is set to expire at the end of this month. And while the House stimulus bill would renew those benefits until January, Senate Republicans and specifically Mitch McConnell has said that they will not extend them. Though we have also heard from Trump that he supports another round of direct payments to Americans. But really what I would say in this situation is everyone can say 
whatever they want. It ultimately comes down to actually making legislation and actually voting on things. Earlier this week, McConnell did say that the Senate will consider another stimulus package at the end of the month. And while right now it is unclear what that would include or how it would compare to the House bill, which McConnell notably has said will be dead on arrival, expanding the unemployment benefits is already expected to be a major hangup. So we'll see. And if there is a place that I can end this. You know, the other day, I don't know if you saw the clip, you had, you had Rand Paul seemingly criticizing Dr. Fauci for a number of things, but saying, we just need more optimism. Which I would say, you can put all the, the, the whipped cream, the cherries, the sprinkles you want on a piece of shit, but it's still not gonna be a Sunday. There's a very real and serious issue here, and just because we want things to be better doesn't mean it automatically becomes that way. It seems like more and more people are angry about the results that we are not getting from the work that's not being put in. And at the end of the day, who suffers? The American people, some of which are hurting themselves and their family inadvertently because the people that they look to have, among other things, made the, the mask situation into a political situation, some feeling like it's unmanly. And it brings me no joy when I see situations like today, Herman Cain. Less than a month after Herman Cain tweeted out, don't believe the scare stories. A serious look at the numbers tells you there's no second wave starting. You also had Herman Cain tweeting out yesterday, masks will not be mandatory for the event, which will be attended by President Trump. People are fed up. And then you have his Twitter account today announcing, we are sorry to announce that Herman Cain has tested positive for COVID-19 and is currently receiving treatment in an Atlanta area hospital. How many times do we need to see a version of this story happen before we take it serious? But for now, that is where I'm gonna end this story. And of course, pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on what we're seeing? And also, how have you been impacted right now? Have you lost your job? Have you been hired back? Are you one of the people that lost your job, got it back, have lost it again? I'd love to hear from you. I know that a lot of people are experiencing a lot of different things and we don't learn about that unless we talk about it. And that is where I'm going to end today's show. Once again, thank you for being a part of these daily dives into the news. Whether you're just, you're watching, you're liking the video, you're sharing it, you're taking part in that conversation down below, I appreciate you. Also, if you're new here, you wanna join the family, hit that subscribe button, tap that bell to turn on notifications, make it sure it looks like this. Otherwise, you might miss some, but with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces, and I'll see you next time. I hope you like the video. Subscribe if you like it.